Manx Radio Podcasts, powered by Shaw. Well, hello and welcome to this week's Countryside with Kiri and Simon. And interestingly, you went to speak to a lady at Close Lease in St John's who uh, have done, you could say, diversification in a big way. That's right. I catch up with Tracy Ridgeway of Close Lease Farm to talk about moving from London to buy a small holden here on the Isle of Man and produce her own products from her Tamworth pigs and her Guernsey goats. Yeah, and she's into bits and pieces and uh, telling you about how how it's a bit of an eye-opener when you come to actually reading about it, you know, and, and to the function of actually going through and doing it, isn't it? That's right. The middle of winter, I think, maybe she might be wishing she was back in London behind her desk, but uh, she wouldn't change it for the world. It's exactly what she wants to do. And the animals are just super. Mm, and uh, I speak to uh, Alistair Breed, who is the Director of Animal and Plant Health at DEFA, uh, about um, about the disease BVD, which, of course, uh, will it be explained in full, because uh, I haven't got long enough in this introduction to tell you about it. But uh, it's a tricky old disease, and one, uh, um, and hopefully things will be passed to make it a little bit more transparent, you know, for, for everyone to know what's happening in that world and the first of the Isle of Man agricultural shows is just about upon us uh, I caught up with Sarah Comish who's the secretary for the uh, Southern District Agricultural Society uh, their show is on the 29th and 30th of July uh, two weeks ahead of the Royal and she tells me how preparations are going uh, in in what's been a very successful time for them over the last few years that's right it's a very busy time for the farmers preparing their animals for the exhibition as well and um it's an exciting time you just you've worked so hard feeding these animals ready for that day and uh who knows may the best beast win mm, just feeding them one day before <laughs> <laughs> here's this week's countryside manx radio's countryside is brought to you by nfu mutual <laughs> First, the Department of Environment, Food and Agriculture are hoping to get a motion through Tinwell to make it more transparent for animal owners on the Isle of Man to find out a little bit more about history of certain diseases. One of them as such is BVD. And I went along to speak to the Director of Animal and Plant Health on the Isle of Man, Alistair Breed. And firstly, I asked him to explain what BVD is. BVD is a bovine viral diarrhoea, and as the name suggests, it causes uh, diarrhoea in cattle. It doesn't affect humans at all. I'd like to reassure your listeners about that. But it's a strange disease. It behaves in a, in a different way to uh, every other disease in the fact that it can cause what we call persistent infection in animals. Animals can be infected for life and they can shed the disease in huge quantities and affect lots of animals throughout their life. Most diseases have a short infectious period, but as I say, BVD is uh, strange in the fact that it has a, a lifelong infectious period for some animals. It can cause diarrhoea in cattle, hence, hence the name but it also affects the animals in other ways. It depresses their immune system, so they become susceptible to other diseases, and classically calf pneumonia, and that's why it's a very expensive disease for the industry. Again, in a strange way that it acts, the lifetime infected animals, the persistent infected animals, are only formed when a pregnant cow is infected in the early part of its pregnancy. And what happens is that the calf gets the virus and then never ever manages to get on top of the infection. 
If it gets infected later on, it can cause abortion or uh, so-called short-term infections. But it's, it's a big problem because, as I say, they, these infected animals produce huge amount of infection throughout their lifetime. It spreads around, and not only does it cause diarrhoea, but you can get, as I say, secondary infections like pneumonia in calves. When you say it, it, it's with them for life, does that mean that there isn't a, a sort of antidote to remove it from them completely? No. Sadly, there is no specific treatment for the virus. If an animal is infected, it remains infected. Strange things can happen to it later in life where it it gets a condition which we call mucosal disease and it becomes very ill and dies. And this classically happens fairly early in the lifespan of the animal, usually at two years of age or less. But up until that point, they just continue to pour out huge amounts of virus and there is no preventative treatment for that animal that has any effect on that. But the government has a a testing regime at the moment for this disease, don't they? We do indeed. We started off in 2014 with a a voluntary scheme of testing and that became compulsory in 2015. Is that an annual thing or just if people are moving them? This is a a test for uh, each calf that is born. What it does is when the calves are ear-tagged, a sample is taken at the same time and this actually looks for the virus in the animal. We're very lucky because it's a very accurate test and a very sensitive test and if we pick up these infected animals very early in life they can then be put down and uh, it removes the source of infection for the rest of the herd. Is that what has to happen to them if, if they found to, to have this strain of it? If they are infected, going into a little more of the complications, they can have what we call a, a transient infection. Some of them can just get the, the viral uh, diarrhoea for a short period of time if they're infected after birth. And that infection usually lasts up to three weeks. And those animals all being well recover if they receive appropriate treatment for whatever problems they have related to it. But an animal is persistently infected and those animals are born in that state and they stay in that state for life. There is no treatment for those to prevent them being persistently infected and they will carry on being infectious throughout their life. Whereas an animal that has a short-term infection, so-called transient infection, will only remain infectious for the period they have the actual disease, which is usually three weeks or less. But one of the problems uh, I'm reading into it is that you can test if I've got 100 cattle and get them tested that's fine they're all okay but it's the movement of them is is that what's causing trouble Uh, people selling them on or or importing them in yes moving a persistently infected animal is a a very great uh, cause of spreading disease but under the existing legislation people have been prohibited from doing that for a number of years now what we're looking for is to increase the awareness of the disease so people can use increased biosecurity. So the actual infected animals at the moment cannot be moved. However, animals from those holdings might be born and sold on to other people and people might take those on without realising what they're buying in, which is potentially infection. So what we're looking to do is increase the information that's available to cattle owners so they can make better risk-informed decisions to protect the health of their herd. And we are putting before the House uh, a new amendment order which will actually give us the power to tell people who are considering uh, buying animals whether there are any presently infected animals on the place they're considering buying them from or indeed whether there have been any infected animals there in the last six weeks. Six weeks after the last infected animal has gone, the level of infection should really have died down to 
normal levels. So there'll be no high risk than anywhere else. There are other precautions they can take within their own holding. But best thing is not to risk bringing it on to the holding in the first place. We have this term biosecurity, which doesn't sound particularly pleasant. What it really means is cleanliness and hygiene. And people can ideally, when they bring animals on to the holding, if they're unsure of their health status, is basically keep them in quarantine for a period of three weeks. So if they have got a transit infection, they'll get rid of that before they expose them to their cattle. The most sensitive group of animals on the farm is uh, animals which are pregnant in the early stages of pregnancy because if they get infected, not only would they get the virus, but they'd get it for a short period of time, but they would produce these infected calves which would then be infected for life and could act as a, as a source of infection for the entire herd. What this uh, new order is, is seeking to do is to make the process more transparent so people do know what they're potentially buying in. There are various vaccines on the market which can help. However, there are complexities associated with the vaccination uh, and we strongly encourage cattle keepers to talk to their vet and decide what is the best system for them uh, in relation to their on-farm practices. And by far and the best way is to reduce your level of infection coming onto your farm. This sort of reminds me of the foot and mouth you know, time in the 2001 or something like that where a lot was going on uh, across the adjacent isles and Europe touch wood we were lucky that we managed to keep it out by a lot of people adhering to some of the stringent measures that they had to take you know to, to spread of it and th- this can help in BVD too can't it? Yes uh, good old-fashioned uh, biosecurity is really what it's all about and really there are, there are two sorts of levels of biosecurity we're talking about one is really within the farm and that really re- revolves around people testing their their calves as they're, they're required to do by 20 days of age and sending the samples off regularly to the laboratory and getting the results back if they do get any positive results to keep those animals um, separate from other animals so they can't spread the infection across and especially separate from pregnant cattle especially cattle pregnant in the early period of pregnancy the first third also we would suggest now that if they do have a positive result they should really retest that retest that animal after a period of about 21 days to 40 days to see whether it's a transiently infected animal in which case the infection has gone and that's a much lower risk or whether it's a persistently infected animal and we very much say that advise people to get rid of persistently infected animals to cull them they're almost certain to be uh, worthless later on they just act as a huge source of infection to the farm and in before they cull them is to keep those animals separate because they're they're just basically throwing out huge amounts of virus but there is a, a bigger level of biosecurity and that's really at the edge of the farm at the boundary of the farm and really starts off with um Good boundary separation. Have you got good boundary fences to keep your cattle away from your next door neighbour, ne- neighbour's cattle? Can Is it only through touching that they get it? In, and obviously people touching and touching other things. It's basically spread through uh, the, the virus in uh, bodily secretions and especially, um, obviously it can be spread in diarrhoea as the name suggests, but a lot of nasal secretions are um, very significant carriers of it. So stuff contaminated with that. It doesn't spread huge uh, distances in the air, but certainly within coughing and spluttering distance, it could spread with, with the, uh, the, the nasal, nasal secretions. So good boundary fencing. What do you know about your neighbour's uh, BVD status? Or can you cooperate with him so he leaves perhaps the field the other side of the fences busy doing silage one year and you reciprocate the next year so your cattle aren't next to each other? Big one is only really buying in stock of known health status. And with this new information, that will be much, much easier.
for people to do. And this will be much easier knowing your neighbours then, because you can check when this if this goes through Timbald. That's right. You'll be able to you'll be able to look up on on the holding numbers. And other things is really uh, as I say, we talk about isolating bought in stock. If if there's any question about it. If you ideally isolate it for three weeks and then that's a period of the transient infection will have gone, so that will reduce the risk of spread there. This applies to breeding bulls as well. Breeding bulls can bring a lot of things onto your farm which you don't want and BVD is one of them. So I would, I would suggest that people um, really think very seriously before they bring breeding bulls onto the farm about exactly how much they know about the health status of this animal. And more generally... And this goes back to the 2001 days when the industry worked together tremendously well along with the department to keep foot and mouth out, you say, is really ensure that equipment coming onto the farm is clean and people's equipment as well, their, their, especially their Wellington boots, but also their farm clothing is clean and disinfected. A really good old-fashioned clean on, clean off. Really, it should do nothing else than help people being more honest about their tests and things. It will make the information far more uh, open and when we started talking about the prospect of making this information available, it had a very positive effect on getting people to get rid of their persistently infected animals much earlier than they otherwise would have done, which reduces the overall level of infection, which is great. The industry has worked together very well with the department to reduce the level of the disease so far, and we look at this as being the next step to further drive drive the levels down. The Director of Animal and Plant Health on the Isle of Man, Alistair Breed, there uh, telling us a little bit of uh, in-depth news about BVD. <laughs> Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Here on the Isle of Man, many producers try to sell what they produce on their farms. I caught up with Tracy Ridgway from Closely's Farm in Patrick to talk about her rare breeds and what she's doing with her products. Well, we looked at the different types of rare breed pigs and we chose the Tamworth because it's the best tasting meat. There's been a scientific study that has actually blind tasted all the different types of pork and the Tamworth came out top. And so we we picked the Tamworth. On the goats, it is the only rare breed milking goat. And so we picked the Golden Guernsey for that reason. And we have quite a large proportion of Golden Guernseys here now, (laughs) (laughs) growing by the minute. But it is very lovely. They've obviously not long had their babies as well. Yeah, some of the babies are a month old and some of them are only a few days old. So we've had 17 babies here on uh, on the farm this year. They're running around quite happily. <laughs> they certainly are. And they've got this lovely climbing frame, which they ramble over the, the top of. They have hours of fun. They do. They love their climbing frame. It's a, a pile of old pallets and a couple of planks, but they spend hours and hours just jumping off it. Mums and dads, everybody has a go. <laughs> but there's a, a big group of girls looking in through the gate here. The wonderful, wonderful hens you have. Yeah, we have about 800 hens now, having started from six and grown rapidly. Um, we supply the likes of the lovely Noah Bakehouse, Welbeck Hotel, Philbiz. So when you have your nice, lovely fried egg, it's hopefully one of mine. Um, oh. We've also won 
the prizes at the shows. So last year we were lucky and we won first, second and third for the best egg, best brown egg in both shows. And in previous years we've come first um, as well. So we are very proud of our eggs. A lot of work goes into, there's not so much a small holding anymore. It's a run on small holding basis, but it's very much expanding. We are... Currently got about 30 pigs on the ground with um, hopefully piglets coming in the next month. We've got somewhere around about 36 goats now and um, yeah, it's expanding every day. And I believe farming is a new venture for for you and your husband. It's a completely different lifestyle. We were uh, London city folk and we moved to the island and we fell in love with the the Manx countryside and bought ourselves this uh, lovely little farm and we've spent the last number of years actually growing it to, to what it is today. And the products you take from the animals you keep here how do you go about marketing it well we sell it direct to people we've got our own website as well where we sell through that we also sell through the food assembly and it's word of mouth we uh we've also been at peel day and tinwell day and we're doing both the manx and the southern show this year so you can find our products there one product in particular that's doing very well is very popular is the chorizo it is yes uh we've launched that uh in the last month and it's selling very very rapidly so uh yeah we're struggling to keep up with demand so how do you go about getting the ultimate taste because i imagine there's a lot of experiments done to to get the best flavorings the best combinations it's been a labor of love and um we have spent many hours sampling everybody else's product (laughs) we've been importing it in from spain and all the other uk products as well and we've done blind tasting so yes we've spent a long time getting the recipe right and we think we've now got it (laughs) (laughs) but it's not only the meat that comes from the pigs you also sell the lard we do yes we are very fortunate of having a rare breed that has a good layer of fat some of the other commercial breeds pigs don't have the same amount of fat so we we're now uh, rendering our own lard which is great for your roast potatoes fantastic for your pastries and is high in vitamin d as well so you get a good source of vitamin d in it is it quite difficult to keep reinventing an old product so to speak I don't think it is a reinvention. I think it's just going back to good old nature. It's going back to what we all ate as kids and um, enjoyed. And in fact, on the lard, it's now become the fat of choice. Again, there's been uh, studies um, that have said that, in fact, lard is actually better for you. It's got the, the right sort of fat, better than the olive oil and coconut oil. So it's, again, it's uh, going back to... to nature and with the guernsey goats i see you sell this lovely hand soap we are we we take our milk and we combine it with the best olive oils and coconut oils and um, do a traditional soap that's got no added nasties and it's uh, very mild and moisturizing so it's good for everybody it's it's great for kids with dry skin and and everyone would you ever consider making cheese or milk or Absolutely, we love goat's cheese. So that's our next project will be goat's cheese. So we keep looking at the products that people want, that we, we all like to eat. And we're going to produce a really good Manx goat's cheese. But it's nice to see also with with your products, you're able to pass them on to other foodie companies and they're able to use Manx grown produce. We do. Uh, all the, the restaurants are, are at the moment using our chorizo. There's a number of restaurants that sell our sausages. We've got uh, chorizo on pizzas. 
it's uh, great that we can work in partnership with, with other food lovers. Yeah, it's absolutely essential because I think here on the Isle of Man in particular, they can follow the full chain from the farm to the plate. It is something that's quite rare in other bigger parts of the world. That's right. I mean, you can see the see the animals, see that they're well kept and they're outside and they're having a lovely time. We then handle the whole thing so that there's a chain that uh, from start to finish. Yeah. But the good news came this week also. You've got the plan and permission for the farm shop. We have. That's our next venture. We're going to have our own farm shop, which will champion not only our products, but other Manx farmers as well. So it will be the the place to go for quality premium Manx products. So we're very excited. Um, And alongside we'll have a little cafe so that you can actually taste the products as well. But not only that, you can see these goats and kids playing as well. Absolutely. You'll be able to see the pigs out in in the pasture and the chickens clucking around and the goats just having complete mayhem (laughs) was this your dream it was my dream it's been a long time coming and it's hard work but it's definitely living the dream that was tracy ridgeway from closely's farm patrick listening to that kiri it's uh be a bit of a contrast oh it really must have been quite something but uh, she's got to grips with it and they're doing a fab job out there on patrick road and uh, it's lovely to see the guernsey goats i've not seen goats on the isle of man for many years but uh, really really nice to see and they dance about beside the road so everyone can see them yeah and it's uh, i just love them sort of stories in a way because people think oh well maybe i'm moving on and you know i've saved a bit and i'll i'll go out and just get a bit of project and see what I can do and then when they get into it you realise what sort of challenges I suppose are your face isn't it that's right I suppose in the middle of winter in a field with muddy pigs is a bit different than sitting behind the desk in a nice warm office Mm. would have been a big contrast yes well we'll be seeing some livestock in a couple of weeks time in fact on Saturday the 29th and Sunday the 30th of July at Great Meadow in Castletown. It's going to be the first of the annual agricultural shows on the Isle of Man. Well, of course, the first one is the Southern District Agricultural Society show, and I went along to speak to the secretary, Sarah Comish, to find out how preparations were going ahead of it. We have a lot of, we have months of preparation. You know, you've got to have, everything's got to be in place for the insurance. You've got to have all your facilities in place, the road orders, you know, we've had a lot of discussions with the police and everything about managing traffic. So, I mean, that's just one one side of it, one aspect of it. It's a very involved job. What about that? People, they're not as patient as they used to be. And uh, there is a one-way system, if I recall, in operation. I think this works, but there are always queues when people are coming at the same time, isn't there? Yeah, I think the biggest problems we've had in recent years, with it getting much, much busier at the show, is it tends to get a bit blocked up leaving the show so this year we've had quite a lot of discussions with the police with the southern policing division and they've been fantastic and we've come up with quite a few strategies of how to deal with that and how to manage the problems that we have with people leaving the show field so hopefully this year if everyone can be a little bit patient then we should be able to get people off the car parks and the show field much more efficiently is the traffic is it due to I mean, I always feel as though it has grown over the last few years. Does does the attendance show that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think all agricultural shows now are, are becoming really popular with people. You know, they've they've had quite a surge in popularity. I'm hopeful, you know, we're no exception, that um, it's getting a higher profile as well now. So, yeah, it's ve- it gets very, very busy. 
with what, the, when the sun comes out. <laughs> what is the, the the main growth down to? Is it because now it isn't just a farming thing that there is something for the kids to to be looking at as well? I think so, but I think also people are much more interested in you know what's being produced locally and what's going on locally. You know they're much more interested in sort of homegrown business rather than just having stuff imported. And I think people actually really care about it as well. What is the main attractions then at the Southern District show this year? Obviously, we've still got all of our livestock on show, all the light horses and plenty of heavy horses this year, which is great because there weren't many last year. And um, yeah, the vintage display is going to be huge. And so is the dog agility section is always really popular. And the fur and feather, you know, they're things that are going to be there every year. We've got lots of local entertainment this year as well. The Polo Club are going to be doing a demo on the on the Saturday. We've got the Ellen Van and Gymnasts and the Isle of Man Pony Club are going to do a games demonstration, which they did at the Royal last year. And that was really good. The Bloodhounds are going to be on display as well, which is going to be fantastic. And then, of course, we've got our international lawnmower racing. But yeah, but that's amongst the livestock and all the agricultural machinery that's on show as well, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. It's it's extra entertainment. But I think a lot of people, especially on the Saturday, which is our main judging day, a lot of people really do come down to watch the livestock judging. That's still at the forefront of the show and that's what it's all about. And then there's going to be an awful lot of trade stands and local caterers as well that are going to be there and they're going to have some fantastic stuff on display and some great special offers as well. Yes, and that's one thing uh, I suppose that attracts quite a few people because you can go there and you get your eyes open to what exactly out there and what you can get on the Isle of Man. Yeah, I think it's it's nice to actually be able to go around and see it all in one place, you know, and and see what people are doing out there as well, you know, that people have started up their own small businesses, creating their own stuff, and we're really trying to encourage smaller producers and local crafters and everything like that to come and join us at the show because um, it's a great platform for them. But you say about the judging on the Saturday, but the the Grand Parade, that will be on too. When is that? That's on in the afternoon at 3.30, approximately. (laughs) (laughs) But but timing isn't too bad, but, I mean, it it can be a bit troublesome. I mean, they they are livestock you're dealing with, so they don't don't always do as they're told, do they? No. Like like they always do. Yeah, everybody has a bad day. Sometimes the animals do too. Um, The weather will affect things as well, so um, we'll keep our fingers crossed that it's sunny. But, um, yeah, we we try and get everything to keep it as much on time as possible but um yeah sometimes it can run over is it difficult to think of new things or or are you sort of limited to what you can do really and and what you want the the to be shown at an agricultural show i think the only limitations are understandably ones with moving animals and livestock and they have to be in place so we have to accept them apart from that no i mean the committee will have quite a few discussions starting in September about what they want to do the following year for the show and yeah all sorts of ideas come up so it's really the committee that come up with sort of what they can do for entertainment and how they can make things better. And of course the the, the, the president has a, has a big job on the two days as well. Yes our president this year is uh, Charlie Vernon he's uh, he's already started being very busy. <laughs> right yeah. it's the same as the royal though isn't it the, the, the judge never gets revealed does it? No it's top secret yeah. I, it's the only thing I don't know about. 
Even you don't know. <laughs> no, I don't know either. Right. No. Okay. So all all geared up for it. That's uh, yeah. Saturday the 29th, Sunday the 30th of July. Yeah. And yeah, what time are right. the uh, the show field open? We're open from 10 till 6 both days this year. Secretary of the Southern District Agricultural Society show, Sarah Comish, talking about... Uh, our preparations and how she's looking forward again to this year's show. It's a great show where many of the exhibitors have worked for months and months preparing their animals, training them and washing them ready for that day and it's a special day out for farmers. It is and uh, it's just something something nice about the Southern show as well that's, um, you know, appeals to a lot of people, you know, some like one, some like the other, but I think most people involved in it do tend to go to both nowadays, don't they? There's just something a little bit different about each of them. That's right. It's quite quite a big rivalry, really. Who wins the Southern show and then who goes to the Royal Manx? It could be different winners that week and you maybe take different stock for each show depending on the competition. But it's a great place for farmers to showcase what they do at home on the farms and how busy they are. A great place to advertise. It is. Manx Radio Podcasts. Powered by Shaw. There we go. Preparations for the Southern District Agricultural Show. Uh, well underway. And uh, looking forward to that, Sarah says. It's uh, a worrying time, I suppose. Make sure that you haven't forgotten anything, things like that. But um, I suppose there's a lot of help in them uh, show societies, isn't there, I think? Oh, it's a big team effort. It mm. really is to get that show field prepared, to get everybody organised and marked out every year and, and to pack it all away. That must be a big task too. Oh, it's probably less there to pack it away than set it up maybe, I don't know. But uh, yeah, they're lucky they've got both, uh, you know, got good crews behind them. And of course, Alistair Breed uh, telling us about uh, in-depth details of the the disease BVD and it just shows you um, how how many disease we're lucky in a way touch wood that you know we're isolated a little bit but just got to be a little bit careful with imports and exports there and uh, a good in-depth talk about how that disease can be spread and how what we can do to help it so hopefully things are going there and uh, from uh, behind desks to Finding out a little bit more about how tough it is in the in the homegrown world of agriculture. Tracy's just showing us that it can be done to go from one career to another and uh, look forward to when their farm shop opens. That's an exciting venture for them both. It is. All right, that's it for this week. We'll be back next week with more. So from me, Simon Clark. And me, Kerry Kermode. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Don't sit in the slow lane. Join the fast lane right now with Shaw's all-new Superfast Plus Broadband. Enjoy more bandwidth, amazing speeds and the best value on the island from just £23.95 per month. So don't be left behind. Get a piece of the high-speed action with Superfast Plus Broadband from Shaw. For details, visit our stores in Douglas, Ramsey and Port Erin or click shaw.com. Love being Shaw. Terms and conditions apply.